I'm Kyle. And I'm Trevor, and welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. If you aren't familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein we introduce each other to films, expand our cinematic horizons, and, in essence, catch up on our cinema. So, it is the month of August 2021, and this time around, uh, the event month we're going to be pursuing is the month of Moss. Mm. So, August is the month of Moss. Uh, as Kyle, do you want to introduce the, the topic of uh, the month of Moss to our folks? Because that's kind of vague. Yes, so this the podcast is called Catching Up on Cinema, and typically what we end up doing is we go with sweaty dude movies, and we really haven't explored, uh, we haven't really explored the filmography of an actress. We've touched on what Keanu Reeves, uh, I think we've done a Nick Cage month, but we haven't really explored the filmography of an actress, and this actress in particular, uh, I haven't seen any of her movies. I've seen her pop up in, like, she popped up in Us and Get Him to the Greek, but I haven't seen her vehicles, like her actual her actual films. And it's uh, actress Elizabeth Moss. Uh, she plays Peggy Olsen in Mad Men, and I love Mad Men. I've watched it three or four times now. It's it's a, it's an amazing, amazing series. Uh, if you get a chance to, I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, I figured I want to see her movies, and I know a little bit. There's two in particular that I'm really excited to watch, but I'm like, I need to go back and see some of her older stuff and just see how she is in movies. Um, and I figured this would be a good chance for you to get some exposure to her as well, and maybe even t- maybe even get into Mad Men someday. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, folks at home, uh, if you haven't been listening too long, uh, Kyle absolutely adores Mad Men. Uh, he's been long trying to get me to check it out uh he speaks very very highly of it and in particular uh elizabeth moss uh was an actress involved in that production that he was singing the praises of fairly constantly so uh the month of moss is most certainly kyle's baby mm-hmm. um as it as it so happens i have very limited exposure to her work um on television or otherwise in fact i don't know if i've seen any of her tv work um, and in terms of her film work, uh, I'm actually looking at her filmography right now, and it seems like the right time to share it, being as it's the beginning of the month of Moss. Uh, her first screen credit as a film actress, Suburban Commando, oh, 1991, wow. oh. starring one Hulk Hogan. So you have seen uh, her something. <laughs> I have seen her, apparently, <laughs> uh, because, yeah, uh, that movie got a, a decent amount of play uh, in in the household when I was growing up. My brother and I both have quite a lot of appreciation for that movie we do think it's underrated uh christopher lloyd's pretty good in that one but uh, as i'm scanning down i'm seeing a lot of things i haven't seen apparently she had a small role in girl interrupted which oh really is noteworthy in my household as being the movie that our japanese exchange student wanted us to rent really because angelina jolie and winona Ryder cross cultural boundaries culture and language like mm-hmm. the two the, the two of those actresses are are such such important cultural relics that even in japan they were known and important so she like her grasp of the english language wasn't amazing but she was like i know both of these ladies and i want to see them in this really fucking heavy ass drama yeah, right? <laughs> that, that i probably won't understand the plot of because it's fairly complex uh, um, i remember the movie being very good uh it's been a long time since i've seen it though 
yeah i i enjoyed it but it was a it was just a, a goofy experience like watching it with a person with you know english being their second ESL, language yeah. in, the, in the room and you know she, she was the one who wanted this this like super heavy like mental illness trauma <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> all right um but yeah as i'm scrolling down uh there's like a decade and a half gap between that and uh, us, which I think is the only other film work of hers I've seen. Hmm. And, uh, she's done a fair amount of voice work, though. Oh, uh, so really? I've definitely heard her voice, and like she was in Batman the Animated Series, apparently. Interesting. Uh, yeah, um, and Freakazoid. <laughs> so <laughs> apparently, Warner Brothers, she has a decent working rep- like relationship with. But uh, yeah, uh, I think it's only fitting that we jump from Ladies' Night. Uh, an entire month celebrating the works of women in action cinema to, you know, an entire month spotlighting the work of an actress. So, um, like you said, uh, normally our our, <laughs> our go-to is sweaty dude flicks. So yeah. this is definitely a pivot, a strong pivot, uh, but hopefully this ends up working out. And I want to say that uh, the first movie we reviewed this mo- for this month uh, starts us off on the right foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't even think we shared the name of the movie yet, Kyle. Do you want to oh. introduce it to our folks at home? Yeah, um, it is uh, The One I Love from 2014, uh, <laughs> directed by Charlie Nepotism, or Charlie McDowell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is one of the most interesting things. i, I got to tell a little bit about the director, obviously. So this film was shot at Charlie McDowell's uh, stepfather's house. His stepfather, Ted Danson, and his mom, uh, Mary Steenbergen, Bergen, Bergen, one of those. Um, and he is the son of Mary Steenbergen and Malcolm McDowell. And I believe you said, well, he was... Actually, I think she is uh, uncredited. She was going under, like, a surname. Uh, what was her name again? I know she's the rich, the, the billionaire. Uh, so, Rudy Kyle, Mara, Kyle opened this thread by... by introducing our director as charlie nepotism Mm -hmm. it's because as kyle and i were perusing his wikipedia we noted a a theme (laughs) throughout his profile um obviously his parentage we have that going for him but um what kyle was was getting at there is uh the costume designer for this film was his girlfriend at the time rooney mara yeah um, and then not only that, a few years down the line, he would begin, and I think he's currently dating Lily Collins, who is, of course, <laughs> Phil Collins, who's kind of a big deal in the music world, kind of yeah. has a few dollars to spare a daughter. Um, but yeah, uh, Charlie Nepotism, our yeah. director. Yeah. By the way, he actually, you can see Malcolm McDowell in him if you look up a picture of him. I, I saw a picture of him, yeah. He looks a little bit like him. Um, yeah, I had no idea that they... That they were married and had a child together. That's insane. Um, so I'll talk about the uh, the cast a little bit. We got, of course, Elizabeth Moss, um, and then Mark Duplass, and then Ted Danson. I think they're the only three people that we see in this film. Uh, yeah, other than still photos, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we do get Mary Steenburgen. She does do a, leaves a voicemail. Uh, he's the mo- she's the mom in the, in, during the voicemails. But yeah. Hey, Mom, I need you to come in and do some ADR work for my film that I'm oh. filming at your house at your this house. weekend <laughs> uh do you think he did oh my god kyle that 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 like podcast setup they mm-hmm. have is that where they did the the ADR i think it's where they did the adr and editing yeah <laughs> that literally that mac computer i would final cut pro <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if like ted danson does like voice work he's like i'll just just send me the script and i'll just do it in my i'll just give you like 20 takes of each line and you guys can figure it out <laughs> this film was shot and edited at my stepdad's house <laughs> jeez <laughs> wouldn't be surprised but yeah uh 
I'll give a plot summary. So a a married couple have hit a rough patch, and their therapist uh, recommends that they spend the weekend, like a weekend retreat, at this beautiful estate in Southern California. Um, and I wouldn't say merry mishaps ensue. Uh, some strange things start happening at the uh, at the house. Yeah, that's a that's a fairly accurate summary. Uh, also, spoiler free, which uh, in case you're not aware, our typical format is to spoil the shit out of pretty much everything. So if you are interested interested in checking out this, you know, small indie film featuring Elizabeth Moss and Mark Duplass, uh, by all means, just go and check it out. It's not super long. It's sub two hours, and it's a uh, it's inoffensive. Like I, mm. I found it to just be a very breezy, enjoyable watch. Um, one thing that's kind of interesting about it is that a lot of the dialogue was improvised. Mm. Um, apparently, a lot of scenes were structured and like a very loose outline was written out in terms of dialogue uh, for each scene they were shooting. But really, they were just kind of leaning on the two actors to be able to understand the characters and their motivations and just shoot the scene. Um, and Kyle, uh, this was something I was I was asking you about before we started recording. Um Mark Duplass, uh, mm. he and his brother both, um, they're they're both filmmakers, and Mark is kind of the actor, but the two of them have a production company, and they direct films together. Um, what do you know about him as an actor? Because this, I want to say, I know him by reputation, but I've never actually seen him in a film before. So I knew him, it was kind of weird seeing him in something like this, because I knew him from The League, which was a comedy on FX, and it had... Two pretty good seasons. Three was okay, but it just like fell off the uh, just you know, fell off the rails after a little while. It just wasn't very good. But he's very funny in that show, and I he's not really a goofy funny. He just has you know good delivery. So when I saw uh, uh, that movie Creep, I don't know if you've heard of that movie Creep. It uh, high praise for that film. Apparently, I haven't watched it because I'm not huge into like found footage or like that documentary uh, style. Um, but apparently it's really good and he's very menacing in it. And you can see that, um, in this performance too, both of the, uh, both of them, um, are really good playing these two sides of the same character. I, I just thought that was really interesting, but I haven't really seen any of his other movies, but I, I have wanted to see Creep. Okay. So it sounds like we both kind of know him by reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I know he and his brother are often associated with, uh, the, the genre mumblecore, uh, which I guess is it's it's like a derogatory term. Like it's it's not one that anybody who makes films that can be slotted into that genre actually embraces. Um, but a lot of uh, a lot of his films that he and his brother were making around then kind of kind of veer towards horror a little bit. Mm. So maybe maybe that's something that is near and dear to him. Uh, kind of playing, doing like an indie drama, but like leaning more into the intensity of things. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I was fairly impressed by him in this. Uh, to be honest, like you said, uh, seeing him play, uh, like do a little bit of duality in his performance, uh, it's remarkably effective. And mm-hmm. it, it all comes down to just like really basic things like body language and tone. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth Moss keeps up with him for sure. Like the oh, two yeah. of them were very well cast. Yeah. Uh, to work opposite each other they they have the the good chemistry and the bad chemistry in the best of ways um so for a movie that has very few faces to offer us really good job on the part of the casting team mm-hmm. big time um yeah. but yeah we can uh, jump in uh real quick uh um, sure so 
We, we start with like voiceover. I think Mark Duplass starts and he's talking about the first time they met. Like, yeah, we met at a at a party. And then like next thing we know, we're uh, jumping into a pool of somebody else's house. And I guess we thought the owner wasn't there, but he was there. But it's kind of voiced over with them. What we can understand is present day or what, what we believe is present day of them jumping into a pool. And they're trying to recreate that magic. He's like, I was trying to recreate that magic that we had that first night. And they even like yell and splash. And it's like, it didn't work because nobody was home. Yeah, this was an interesting opening because it, it re- really kind of throws you into the deep end. But it also does a lot to spell out where we're at with these two characters in this moment. Uh, mm-hmm. Because immediately in inside of a couple of sentences, we learned that, okay, we have two characters. Uh, they're together. We very shortly learned they're husband and wife. So legally together. Um, and they've been together long enough that they're having issues and they're trying to resolve them. So mm-hmm. right off the bat, it's like, okay, we have a couple that's been together for a decent stretch of time. Um, but not only that, we also learned that the, the impetus for, for their forming of this relationship, like the trigger point was like a moment of tension of, of like fear and, and tension in the form of like, okay, we met at a party, which is already an energetic atmosphere. Then we went and we did something crazy and stupid and it got really scary for just a second, and it like brought us closer together, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a recurring theme in a lot of the conversations, which, um, funny enough, this was one of the few ki- criticisms I read about this film, is that it does have a slightly repetitive structure at times, um, mostly because we have like one setting, and yeah. uh, there's, there's a process that our characters are going through uh, in terms of growing and moving forward that... Um, requires repetition in order for it to make sense otherwise it would be really sloppy and we'd be making huge leaps in logic Mm -hmm. but one concept that's revisited over and over and over again is this idea of trying to like backpedal like trying to revisit moments in time or feelings of 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 the past Mm -hmm. in order to to fix the problems of the present um but yeah uh, like kyle said they they kind of try to recreate this this pool experiment um, but nobody's home, so it robs it robs it of any sort of tension. It's just like okay, so it goes from being like us being naughty to us just like swimming in somebody's in pool. Else's, yeah, literally just splashing around in someone else's pool. Yeah. And even says like happy anniversary, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we we're cutting back and forth between them doing this this pool exercise, and them in a like couples or, or marriage therapy mm-hmm. uh, setting um, with <laughs> stepdad Ted Danson. Stepdad Ted Danson. Uh, yeah, <laughs> their names are Ethan and Sophie. Uh, by the way, like, like they're both kind of dick, like, they're both kind of passive-aggressive or kind of dicks to each other. I'm like, yeah, those are dick names, Ethan and Sophie. Um, but yeah, she says something like, uh, like, Ethan did something, like, we know Ethan has done something wrong. And he's like, listen, I've apologized for it, and you keep bringing it up. And she's just like, you don't get to decide when I'm over it, like something along those lines. Um, so we can tell that there there is something specific that's, you know, bothering them. And I, I like the uh, them sitting down at the piano, which was kind of fun. He's like, all right, you're, gonna, you're both going to sit down at the piano, and you're each going to choose a note. And they each choose a note, and it's just dissonance, just like not, it does not match. He's like, oh, you two are out of sync. Uh <laughs> And, uh, yeah, Ted, Ted Danson's delivery on that line is pretty great. It's just like, whoo, you guys got problems. You guys got problems. 
so he says, well, I'm going to send you like immediately. He's just like, I'm going to send you guys on a retreat. Uh, you stay there for the weekend. And he's like, a lot of people go there and they get really positive results. Like he's like, almost everybody I've sent there comes back just great. Uh, so yeah. And then we just, we just head over there. Yeah. Uh, the movie gets rolling really fast. Uh, this therapy session serves as our opener and we really have the situation laid out to us pretty plainly. Yeah. Although, uh, the, the choice of what what details are omitted here was really really clever i really like that where it's like because we're starting off these characters on this note where it's like okay they've been together quite a while therefore there's a lot of information that doesn't need to be verbalized between them that us the audience could really fucking use Mm. but in order to facilitate the drama of the film we're going to withhold that until later on um namely being what he did wrong what ethan the reason we're in counseling essentially does not come does not come to light in the film until like an hour in or some shit which is which is to the benefit of the story in a lot of ways well i mean you can kind of piece it together like when you're watching like marriage tension somebody did something like well likely infidelity it's not like he hit a kid and just you know never (laughs) reported it to the authorities that's a different movie uh that's the that's the slap kyle (laughs) (laughs) I apologize. He punched punched his nephew at a birthday party. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We just don't talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it was so bad they went to marriage counseling for him. His his bad habit of striking other people's kids. (laughs) It's interesting. I really want to get into the diner scene after they figure out what's going on with the house. But, I mean, we'll get to that. But there's something I just realized about that character during that conversation that they have. But uh, just just, hold on to that. No, I'm just saying, remind me. I'm not going to get into it okay. now. Just please remind me. Okay. Um, um, but yeah, we we drive out to this house, which, as we mentioned up top, uh, is apparently Ted Danson and Mary Steenburgen's uh, actual gorgeous, home. Gorgeous, gorgeous yeah, home. Absolutely gorgeous in Ojai, California. I knew it was Ojai. I fucking knew it was Ojai. My, my stepfather's from Ojai. And I'm like, I'm looking at this. I'm like, I've seen pictures of Ojai. And I'm like, these mount like, they're really in the mountains here. I'm like, I had a suspicion they were in Ojai. I fucking knew it. I've never been out there myself, but uh, just from a visual standpoint, looks pretty fucking nice. It's expensive, and it's the whole town smells like oranges. Uh, <laughs> I, I can believe that. I mean, there, there is an orchard at this house, apparently. Like yeah. It looks like uh, lemons or something it, akin to lemons. It's known for its oranges. Like There's just orange. Uh, did you see Easy A? Did you ever see that movie? With, no, uh, I didn't. It's a fun one. It's it's not bad, but anyway, it's in Ohio, but they have there's a really famous orange orchard uh, there. But yeah, oranges are big here. Um, okay. Um, but yeah, we we get out to this house, and my God, it, it is absolutely gorgeous. Mm. And uh, very quickly, uh, we see our characters kind of like ease into the locales. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we see that Sophie has a smoking habit. And uh, the first thing she wants to do is pop a squat and have a smoke. Well, she's kind of looking over her shoulder a little bit. It's like I, when you've got one spouse who's a smoker, generally there's the other spouse like, hey, you probably should quit someday. So she's kind of like, she's not like like really looking over her shoulder, hiding it, but she's still like, it seems like it might be a, a thing they, they argue about it sometimes, I could see. Well, again, that's the that's a strength of the filmmaking yeah. here is that we have two characters who know each other really, really well, and us, the viewer, who have to piece it together just based on what's verbalized and what you can infer based on little things like that. And yeah, I absolutely do notice that she does kind of have a couple gestures she does when she's smoking. Um, not only that, it, it's almost like a 
like she gets a, a break essentially mm-hmm. like like it's almost like a meditative just like a sp- her space kind of moment from him <laughs> but yeah. um he we learn again purely just through action and editing uh is in he's inquisitive. a curious fella he's yeah. inquisitive um so the very first thing he does instead of having a smoke is just like helps himself to whatever the fuck he comes across yeah. you just gotta touch everything you, you just you just gotta you, you just gotta, gotta just gotta you, 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 you see you see touch <laughs> you can't not touch <laughs> yeah he yeah he uh he's just like checking out he sees like a, a media room he sees that there's like a computer does he he goes in there he just kind of like glances at it yeah there's there's like a little there's a little shack with with a, a mac computer and a, a very nice microphone and he doesn't really pay it any mind it, it looks like a podcasting studio yeah. um but then there's also a guest house attached to the main house that uh he he roots through and it's just as handsome as the main house um but it's not even known if he's supposed to go in there or not like there there weren't any rules spelled out in regards to this retreat it's just like he just decided like oh it's a guest house i think i'll just go in there it's like never mind that maybe someone lives there or something yeah. but <laughs> he sees uh he, there's like a little ipad it's like in most places like airbnbs or guest houses you have like a little like hey we stayed here august of 2017 it was gorgeous loved it uh but it's all pictures, and it's just like we love this, and it's just pictures of couples. So you, you see, like it seems like Ted Danson sends a lot, lots of people here, and it seems to be really effective. Um, but then we sit down to dinner, and I love their chemistry here because it feels they feel like a couple who shouldn't be together. Like just the way they interact, it feels very um, how do you put it? Um, st- almost like each one of them is kind of staging. You know what I mean? Like they're they're not they're not good at communicating yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of subtleties going on here where it's like they're it it is almost like putting on airs or kind of like Mm -hmm. slipping into the role of the husband or the wife where they're it's it's not outright tension it's just like it's not smooth yeah it's it's a little labored where like him he's like pouring her a glass of wine and making a shitty dad joke and then he like has to like make this really broad big gesture to signal that he wants to kiss her it's like mm-hmm. you know mo- most people that i'm pretty cozy with i don't have to like make a big production of it. it's just like smooch mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's it's very natural it just happens you know and like same with after dinner like she pulls out a bag of weed that she brought with her and they're like smoking in the kitchen and just something about their body language together it's like yes they're they're both a little off balance and it's a strange setting and whatnot but they're just not quite in sync, as Ted Danson has put it. Um, but yeah, they they have a smoke, um, and I think this is the point where she uh, takes off his glasses for a second, or, like puts them on herself, and points out that like, oh, you should not wear them more often because you look you look a lot better like that, Ethan. Yeah. Um, and then she goes out for a smoke, and this this is where we the viewer are starting to be like. What is what is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> like like the, nothing has really happened, and yet I feel like there there it has to do with the cinematography and the lighting. I think because all of this is happening in the evening, and we're doing a lot of like verite, like kind of like voyeuristic camera angles, and like not shaky cam, but just handheld shots. Mm-hmm. So it lends a sense of tension where it's like, is there going to be an intruder? Is it like is is something sinister afoot? 
It's like, we really don't know. Um, and the movie really toes that line really well, uh, I will say. Um, but I believe she goes to the guest house, correct? She does. She goes to the guest house. Um, and she's just kind of like looking through there. Um, she finds these rushing nesting dolls, and she's just kind of checking that out. And then uh, something, uh, there's another nesting doll, like a different set, that hits her in the foot. She's like, what the hell? And she looks around the corner, and Ethan's there. And he's just kind of got like this like playful like smirk on his face, like, hey, what's up with you? Yeah, uh, he's like, I found you. And she's yeah. like, yeah, you did. You want to fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, they just, uh, I think they're like kind of playing around too. I think they have sex and then they're like drinking wine. Are they throwing grapes in each other's mouths? Yeah, they do some They do some drunk white people shit where they're throwing yeah. grapes at each other's mouths. Well, and it's like, this is the kind of shit that you only do in someone else's, on someone else's property. Because yeah, <laughs> I'm not, not cleaning that shit up in my own house. <laughs> I've, uh, I've been wine drunk and smoking pot, by the way. A lot of fun. It's a great time. Uh, it's it's just quite pleasant. But yes, I can absolutely I could absolutely do this if I was like just drinking a smoking pot, like throwing grapes at each other. Absolutely. But yeah, it's just they're just having fun, you know. And uh, she's like, "Hey, I'm gonna. Um, you want to stay in here tonight?" She's like, "Yeah, I'll stay in here." I'm like, "I got to run back to the main house though because I don't have my sleepy clothes." Um, so she heads back to the the main house and she walks past the living room and fucking Ethan's just sleeping on the couch and she's like, "What?" How do you do that? How do you get back here so fast? So she goes and wakes him up and just starts talking to him about it. Yeah, this this was a interesting exchange because again, the camera work and this like the cinematography really goes a long way here because a, a large portion of this conversation happens with them like kind of like wrapped up in each other's arms, like cuddling kind of, while he's just waking up from the couch, but shot from the doorway. So it's like there there's a weird distance going on here. Um, it's alienating and kind of weird and it lends itself well to the tension because like you said the very first thing she brings up is like hang on i just left you at the guest house how did you beat me here yeah you're not exactly a physical specimen like no. even if you were sprinting you you wouldn't have beat me here um but yeah he's just passed out on the couch and she keeps she won't let it go she keeps like asking him how did you get here before me and also, I like that he comments, like, why are you so sweaty? And, of course, she, like, you know, they've been together long enough that she's like, because we just banged. Just <laughs> like, banged, we just dude. had sex. And he's like, hang on, whoa, I would have remembered that. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, like, legit. It's just like, he's like, we did not just have sex. And, and she's like, yes, we did. He's like, fine, we had sex. It was awesome. What do you want me to say? Like, it's a real argument. And, uh. She just like huffs off, like you're an asshole, and he's like, "Fuck you." And he doesn't say that, but uh, he's just like, "Whatever." <laughs> um, so he just goes to like he's like, "This is that was really weird." So he goes to the guest house, and he's just kind of looking around. He like sees grapes on the floor, like the wine, like glasses just on the table, and there's weed. And he's just like, "Okay, I don't know what she was doing over here," but he just smokes some pot and falls asleep on the couch in the guest house. Yeah, uh, it that argument was really fascinating because it's like an example of, like one of those stereotypicals art like arguments about nothing. Yeah, that you know couples get into, you know frequently. Yeah. Um, but this is such a, this is such like a, an absurd example of it that mm -hmm. it makes it very relatable. Or it's yeah. like, <laughs> it reminds me of a fucking brick from uh from Anchorman. I don't know what we're yelling about. <laughs> yeah, it's we're, like you know that. 
That does happen with couples. You're yelling We're about just loud noises. <laughs> You're yelling about something that's upsetting you, but that's not what the conversation's about. Uh. Exactly, and actually, that's that's a kind of a core theme of this movie. Yeah, is I think it I think it's very fitting that our opening is them in therapy because almost this entire movie seems like like analogous to the therapy process. Yeah, um, and and how people are receptive or not to that process Uh, so keep that in mind as we as kyle and i are going back and forth talking about these two characters and how they deal with all their weird circumstances but yeah he passes out on the couch in the guest house mind you um and then sophie just kind of like comes out of nowhere like i I like the setup to the shot because it's just him laying on the couch and then she just slides into the frame out of nowhere um and she's in like a nice nighty and everything and she lays on him, tells him that she loves him, and he loves her back. He grab he grabs a handful of ass, and then cut to morning. <laughs> um, and yeah, he wakes up in the guest house, and she's making him breakfast. And he's like, "Wow, I I was not expecting that because yeah, they just had a really dumb heated argument, and now we love each other, and you're making me breakfast." <laughs> Yeah, and uh, he's like, you're making bacon. He's like, you hate it when I eat bacon. I'm like, of course you would. Uh, <laughs> but I like that I'm just now thinking about this exchange that they have. He's just like, wow, that, that fight was really weird last night. She's like, yeah, it's just, it's just one of those little funny things. He's just like, yeah, but we sh-. he's like trying to talk about the fight. He's just like, that was really odd. She's like, you know, it, it, not that big deal. And he's kind of frustrated. And I can imagine that's probably how he is when she tries to bring up you know him well what what happened like he's just like don't worry about it it's not a big deal like we don't need to really talk about it uh so yeah it's interesting that she's kind of giving it to him here yeah this was an interesting moment because later on when we do learn how it is we got into therapy and stuff um he seems to he seems to have two opposing reactions to these kinds of circumstances because for something petty and nonsensical his inquisitive nature he can't help himself like Mm -hmm. like he's kind of almost like interrogating her as to the nature of that argument and like how how is it okay like how can we move past this like he won't he will not let it go but then there's a whole nether bag of kittens that he just won't even address yeah he won't even talk about at all he won't acknowledge it at all so it's like i don't know his his nature seems to be like he fixates on the stupid little minutiae of things that doesn't actually matter and then the really, really important shit seems like, I mean, he even uses the fucking word compartmentalization later. Yeah. Like that, that's his M.O. Um, but for the petty stuff, he's he's a persnickety little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, just fucking quit it! <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, so like, I like this. It's just, she's kind of throwing it back to him. Just like, eh, don't worry about it. We don't need to worry about it. Um, but so, yeah, he... Uh, where we go to next? So, yeah, um, he goes... Uh, back to the main house, I believe, and Sophie's in the shower, and he's just like, "How the, f- how did you get back here so fast?" And now he's like, "This is really weird." Like they're now they're ch- he's starting to piece it together. Like you were in there making bacon. She's like, "What the fuck are you talking about, dude?" I I'm in the shower. I'm still pretty mad at you <laughs> from last night because you're weird. Um, but he goes back. He, they both go to the uh, the guest house. He's like, "I got to show you." And he goes in, and it's like, "There's nothing." He's like. There, you made, there was bacon on the table with eggs. You were making it. He's like, how do you get rid of the smell of bacon? Like, it doesn't even smell like bacon in here. It, it's just really weird. Yeah, I think that's a, 
I think that's an example of maybe the, the improvisation at work or something. Like, I'm sure they ran through a lot of these scenes a lot of different ways. And both of these actors do a really good job of asking a lot of the right questions mm. uh, when it comes to setting up a plot like this that, that gets kind of wonky and, and doesn't really have distinct rules to it. Um, and I will say, like, some of his scenes are kind of fun in that way because if you... If you're at all a curious person that that would kind of be intrigued by the, by a situation like this, they do a really good job of having him go about things in a fairly realistic fashion. Where mm-hmm. it's like, I'm gonna get to the bottom of this. I am I'm going to ask the right questions. And yeah, him drawing attention to the smell being missing is one of those things that's like a lot of scripts would omit that. It's like such a innocuous little detail. But yeah, when you really think about it, it's like. Yeah, if somebody cooked bacon, you would you know about smell it. Bacon. You can't not you, smell bacon. Yeah, absolutely. You could that have, would ta- that would taint the house for days. You can have you can have COVID and smell bacon. <laughs> like, <that's laughs> how strong bacon to smell. Sorry, um, poor, yeah, poor, cho- br- poor choice. <laughs> <laughs> he brings Sophie in there, and yeah, he can't find hide nor hair of of uh, breakfast, Sophie. Um, how do you want uh, to call these people? Because uh, spoiler alert, there there are doppelgangers of our two characters in i think in the subtitles I, they just put a two like i was ethan two or a sophie two next to their name i say doppelganger just i mean we could do two but i think doppelganger is good i just had him as guest house i'd say gh sophie or gh ethan <laughs> guest house which i'm surprised why was this movie not called the guest house uh that may have already been taken or something i'm that sure it has because yeah. yeah the one i love is is it doesn't really roll off the tongue it's kind of a, a cumbersome title to be yeah. honest but it's the guest many. house would have been great. Guest house, yeah. yeah. Because that's what the movie's about, the guest house. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, she's like, I think he tells her, this is where they. he's like, we're going to figure this out. Like, this is like, you go in and see what you see or something like that. And she goes in and, I mean, no, he goes into the guest house. I think she might be in the shower. And she's like, okay, you go in there and see who you see. And she goes in and Ethan's on the ground doing sit-ups. And she's just like, okay, that's weird. And I think she sits down here and has like just a little conversation with him. But your next shot you see is her coming out of the guest house. She's like, yeah, you were totally in there doing fucking sit-ups. You don't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of neat. They set things up really well here because he immediately, you know, he's like pulling her by the hand. Sophie, yeah. prime Sophie. Sophie prime, Sophie prime yeah, Sophie prime, yeah. <laughs> he's like pulling her by the arm to check out the guest house. And she's doing the thing where it's like, dude, I like literally just woke up yeah i had a lot of wine and pot (laughs) i'm not ready for this still not quite happy with you it's like do you see this sweatshirt this is not this is not ready to go sophie prime this 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 is indoor sophie prime um but yeah he's like yanking her along and we have this long sequence where he's like trying to explain to her it's like yeah we had this that really stupid we got potted we had a really stupid fight and then what happened she's like we banged he's like no, no we didn't <laughs> like, um, and they can't really get that agreed upon just yet but yeah he says okay i'm gonna do an experiment here you wait for me outside so he goes into the guest house and he sees sophie too doppelganger sophie in the shower and immediately comes right out and his body language he's like swinging his arms and he just has this like shit ain't right face yeah. he's just like <laughs> he goes up to sophie prime and he's like you're in that shower how are you in the yard and in the shower? This is bullshit. I don't like this. 
And so he sends her in there. And the reason why I say they set this up really well is that when he went in, as soon as he saw Sophie, Sophie 2, he just left. And mm-hmm. he was pissed. When she goes in there, she sees him doing, with his glasses off, by the mm-hmm. way, she sees doppelganger Ethan doing sit-ups, and he gives her a big hug. And and then we get to see Ethan Prime just like pacing around, waiting for her to come out like he did in a huff, and she doesn't come out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like she takes her sweet fucking time, and we get to see him like be really dejected and pissed off, like walking all around the guest house trying to find it an alternate entryway, and, and like, he tries the side door. And we get a really good uh, emasculating moment where he throws a big a big rock. Mm-hmm. at the one door it doesn't work it's like yeah that, i know what that feels like but it's like yeah <laughs> but eventually she comes out of her own accord and uh i guess what we're supposed to learn from this extended moment is that it seems like there's some sort of force that prevents the other person mm-hmm. from getting in if the other person's currently in the guest house so now we have a situation we have a setup here where uh doppelgangers of the person's mate appear in the guest house they're different they're they look identical they're different yeah (laughs) but they're different um and then the other person can't come in um and then we head to the diner kyle and you had said a a little while ago that you had some stuff you wanted to get out so i'll let you have the floor yeah it's uh just something i noticed like yeah they pack up leave they get to the diner and they're just like this is the weirdest shit like this is like weird twilight zone stuff and he's like we're just gonna he's like we're just gonna move on and we're gonna stop thinking about it and then she's like okay yeah but I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> She's like, how can you not stop thinking about it? It's like, you can't, like you said, you just can't compartmentalize this. Like you can't just brush this off as a weird, uh, a weird instance. So yeah, it seems like when he is thrust, like he's thrust into like an uncomfortable situation, he's just like, we just have to move on, get past it. And just don't, we just don't think about it anymore. And that's not what she wants to do. Well, I mean, we did mention that there was, I mean, spoiler alert, some infidelity went yeah. on in this marriage. Uh, perpetrated by ethan and this is this is where the the themes the character building is really well structured in this film because compartmentalization moving on not wanting to talk about it hey ethan you did a bad thing um and you have a partner who wants to acknowledge it and needs to acknowledge it in order in order for us to move past things like we can't bury that without they can't be okay until we acknowledge it and we have him with his M- his standard MO being, no, we put it in a box and we slide it under the bed and mm-hmm. then we move on with our lives. Um, and, you know, bang, once a year at most. Because <laughs> I think Ted Danson asks if they're, if they're having sex, sex and they're not. Like not happening. Um, but yeah, this diner sequence was really neat because, again, they're asking the right questions. They're asking the questions that we, the audience, are asking. Because she's like, is it another dimension? Like, when you cross the threshold of the doorway, do you, like, step into a different plane of existence or something? And yeah, he just wants to wash his hands of it. And she just, she can't let it go. She's like, this is this is a, what was the line from Pulp Fiction? It's like, it was a fucking miracle and you need to fucking acknowledge yeah, it or something. A, <laughs> what happened a, here is a miracle. A, there was a you, miracle We here, need to fucking acknowledge and it. And you need to acknowledge it. He's like, I acknowledge it. He's like, okay. Um, yeah, so, that, that's where she's at with things. So yeah, she's like, we're going to head back. And she's like, how do we decide who's going to go in next? She's like, one of us has to go in next. And we just, 
we see Mark Duplass heading back into the uh, into the guest house. Um, so his his uh, agenda is he's going to try to get down to the bottom of this. Like, what what is this place all about? And he just starts having a conversation with her, and he's asking questions. Um, Hold up, Kyle. Go, go ahead. I, I'm sorry. I just want to backpedal a bit because, like, I, I had some thoughts um, as we were getting to the sequence. So at the diner, obviously, we decided to go back. Otherwise, there wouldn't be much of a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the, like, I think it was when the doppelganger Ethan first showed up, there's mention of uh, wanting to try new things, I think is what he says. Mm. He, 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 like, it's when he's coming onto her, like like he the Matroska doll, the Russian nesting doll, like bops her in the foot and she sees him and he's like, I found you and he's mm-hmm. being all playful. And he like gives her a hug and right before they head upstairs to sleep together, he says something about like wanting to try new things. Which yeah. is something that normal Ethan, Ethan Prime, doesn't seem terribly interested in. Uh he seems more interested in, you know, revisiting cool moments from the past mm-hmm. as opposed to trying new shit moving forward. Um, but what we get is like a, a subtly comedic moment when they're driving back to the guest house from the diner. Um, and I want to say like part of it is uh, it's like uh, a metaphor or like analogous to like swinging or polyamory or something mm-hmm. or like or non-monogamy, basically. Yeah, um, because they're, they're talking about like like, you know, experimenting and like seeing new people or like trying new things. And and then at one point he asks he's like he confesses to being slightly jealous he's like so like what was it like sleeping with alternate me like I I can't help but be a little bit jealous of alternate me and stuff and it it makes me think of like the idea of like non monogamy mm-hmm. like a non monogamous pairing like this is an example of like people trying this for the first time like yeah. like a married couple like trying to branch out and these are kind of the subtly comic like dialogues that happen during that process because like you know, nobody's going to get it right the fucking first time no <laughs> no and, but in 2014 yeah. this was this was kind of like they never explicitly talk about it like that but it feels like it's analogous to that like mm-hmm. like we're kind of having fun playing around with that idea with what seems like a fairly milk toast married couple yeah like trying some new shit and and like having it blow up in their face a little bit but you know they're trying their best they're trying to spice it up i i don't know anything about like like doing that like non-monogamy having an open relationship but i feel like there is a healthy there's probably a healthy way to do it and i don't think the healthy way to do it is when there's a contention in the relationship it, it doesn't seem like that that's going to cause more problems i think it something like that if you're going to introduce that it needs to come from a different place and that that's not the way to go about it uh so no, yeah, could... i i i i have some people in my life that, that practice uh, open relationships i and, do too yeah uh, uh, it's my understanding that communication and firm boundaries mm-hmm. are absolute prime importance if yeah. you're going to actually do it for real yeah <laughs> yeah i don't think uh like <laughs> so so uh funny story um somebody uh that I know uh, her and her boyfriend or her and her husband, um, she ended up making out with his friend and yeah, uh, they were married. They had a kid together and she ended up, they were in an argument. She made out with his best friend. So uh, she came clean several months later. She's like, yeah, I just had to tell you I made out with your friend and he just kind of storms off. And then he comes back a few hours later and he's just like, okay, so I had time to cool off. Um, listen, I'm not mad. 
about you and him, but like, so like, there's this girl that I like. Is it maybe I should like hook up with her to like count, to like balance it out? (laughs) (laughs) I I was like, Jesus Christ, dude, that is not how you do that. (laughs) No, no, that you have to, you have to set that up, bud. You you can't just play that card. No, (laughs) you can't retaliate. It's I mean that that's a George Costanza move. That's yeah. a somebody beats you in a verbal, you know, back and forth and you just go, uh, I just slept with your wife. Yeah. <laughs> His wife had cancer. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is not how one does that. But yes, we do head back to the guest house and we have another goofy little moment here where they're kind of they're not arguing, they're just kind of like peacefully deciding who who should go into the house first and and he does the uh i don't know the faux humble thing of being like oh you can go and she's like oh no you go and he's like okay i'll go (laughs) it's like like, no i see what you did there you you wanted to go first you just let you just wanted to make her feel like she gave it to you Mm -hmm. um to make her feel bad which is you know kind of a toxic thing to do in a relationship uh hint hint nudge nudge but yeah he heads in there good good eye on the non-monogamy i didn't really pick up on that but uh it definitely it definitely comes up but i didn't think about that as kind of a theme but that's interesting you picked up on that yeah no it it was something i couldn't help but notice i thought it was interesting but um i like that the signal that uh Every, everything is as he expects it to be in the guest house is that the bacon is back on the table. Yeah. Um, He's like, oh, it's like, fucking be- good. <laughs> before he sees or hears uh, Sophie too, uh, he sees the bacon, he has a bite of it, and it's like, oh, these cookies. <laughs> I, I was thinking of uh, Bridesmaids where she's going to the beautiful estate and then like they just hand her a pink lemonade in the car. She's just like, she doesn't want to go. She doesn't want to go do this. And she just takes a sip. She's like, fuck, that's good. <laughs> that's good lemonade. Uh, but she's like, I think that bacon might be bad. It's been sitting out. He's like, nope, pretty good. Um, but yeah, they, uh, they sit down and he kind of starts asking her questions and she... They bring up the uh, Las Vegas. I guess he saw a magician and he was just like, and maybe asking the magician questions or he was pointing out all the, the tricks that the magician was doing. But she's like, you're playing detective or investigator right now. He's like, I know you don't like that. She's like, it's fine. So it seems as though she doesn't really like his inquisitive nature or he's inquisitive about the wrong things, possibly. I, d- I didn't get that from the sequence. Uh, this was the the way the shots are lined up here is really cool. Where it's like both characters are shot in profile. Uh, Sophie too walks into the room. She's wearing the same nightie. And by the way, uh, th- we have visual indicators which are really helpful. Um, in addition to the actors' performances uh, mm-hmm. for determining which version of which character we're seeing. In uh, in her case, in Sophie's case, her hair is pinned back on one side, and uh, usually her makeup is more flashy. Uh, when it's Sophie too, and she's um, very she's she's very Stepford wifey when she's in very the, in, in the guest house. Yeah, she she has a lot of toothy smiles and yes. oh you <laughs> like yeah. lots of teehees and titters and things like that. But yeah. um, the way these shots are lined up is she says like sit with me, and then he does this really awkward thing where instead of sitting next to her like you would do. He sits opposite her, mm-hmm. and he he interrogates her. He interrogates the doppelganger Sophie, and the way the shots are lined up, it's both of them in profile, and it's just like camera one, camera two, camera one, camera two, and like it's just him like bouncing questions off of her and gauging her reactions to it. And he's like, "Isn't it crazy that we're married?" And she's like, "Hey, hey I guess." <laughs> but but basically, he just he's bombarding her with questions to to 
get a feel for what he's dealing with. And by the way, he gave himself a 15-minute time limit. Yeah. Uh, because he he is not interested at all. He's just like, I, I'm just curious at this point. Like, he's treating this shit like an escape room or something. He's like, it's a fucking puzzle. Yeah. I gotta figure it out. Um, but yeah, he comes out, and the first thing he says from the guest house is like, fascinating <laughs> like, he's so he's so excited to talk to his wife about how fascinating her doppelganger is um and he's he's utterly baffled by how accurate sophie too is to the real thing he's like whatever that is and he keeps like referring to them as not real mm-hmm. the doppelgangers he doesn't perceive them as real people or real beings he's like whatever that is in that house it thinks it's you and the the comment about the magic show comes from Sophie Prime about oh. how, like th- this this is you doing your shit again where you can't you can't not touch you can't yeah. <laughs> you just you can't not touch but you just you gotta fuck it you gotta go to the magic show and you gotta call out how all the tricks are done you can't just let it be fucking magical but uh, but Sophie a, gopple, a doppelganger does say like oh you're being inquisitive like you're you're being mm-hmm. yeah and he's just like sorry I know you don't like that she's like it's fine. It's okay. Touch. Yeah. Nobody gets in this pool. We haven't talked about the. Yeah, pool. I know. What the fuck? This the whole a, time I was like, that would be where I would live. That is a gorgeous pool. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's a beautiful pool, and nobody even Ted dancing. Nobody even <laughs> touches the water. I was well. I was looking at this this house. I'm like. Both he and his wife have been working consistently. Like he's he's been doing. I mean, he's got several sitcoms under his belt, a huge one. Uh, but I'm like, yeah, he could absolutely afford this place. This is a, this is a gorgeous home. I don't know how many career resurrections that man has had. He's never it's, stopped. It's it's stunning. Yeah. Like absolutely stunning. I mean, like cheers, Becker. Becker. <laughs> uh, the Good Place apparently is really popular. Yeah, that's like, what my does. girlfriend's a big fan of that one, and even fucking Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh yeah, like, he was on a lot of seasons of that man. Uh, he's on Board to Death. He's actually probably my favorite person on Board to Death. I got to the first season. I just Schwartzman. I just can't stand him. I tried so hard. Uh, <laughs> sorry, dude. Um, so yeah, what we got here? Uh, uh, we head back to the main house and we we start going back and forth about what ground, do we where do we go from here and rules. it's her turn now uh so we're setting ground rules and again this is where the non-monogamy stuff mm-hmm. this is this is where it was like okay i know what we're doing here because yeah. he's like pacing around like he almost has like a pencil in his hand he's like what else what else what else like what what kind of rules do we need to set for each other in order to make this work in order for us to allow each other to see other people potentially in intimate circumstances and he's like he's like really anal about it and she's just like can i just like go see handsomer you now <laughs> <laughs> he's way cool he's way cooler he is definitely cool uncle um although i i absolutely love his pivot into being a total prick mm-hmm. um it's executed really well i would say that, uh, that very very good acting on his part yeah i was gonna say that both of them in that when they go into the main house i love that sequence it's so good it's uh, really well done. But yeah, she is given the 15-minute time limit as well, although it's not exactly a hard and fast rule as well. Yeah. I do I um, do I do like that uh she goes in and he's kind of got some music on and he's just painting uh in the in the little living room of the guest house. And I think she tries to get his attention and he's not he's just not responding. Uh but I think finally he he turns and he's been painting a picture of her. And she's just like 
oh, he's like, what do you think? He's like, you can be honest with me. It, 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 like, he emphasizes, like, I can take the criticism, which is, again, is, like, probably something that he cannot in the relationship is take criticism. Um, but she's just like, honestly, like, I look kind of scary. Like, I don't look very good. It's like, she, she even tells me, you're not really good at painting. And I'm like, well, let's, let's, let's hang on. That's actually really good. Just it doesn't look exactly like you. Yeah, uh, Kyle is absolutely spot on. Like it, it feels like these doppelgangers kind of fill in whatever blanks the other person has. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in Ethan's case, probably not being able to take criticism. Not like Ethan too is notably quite a bit more bubbly and more fun mm-hmm. than Ethan Prime, um, and just smoother in general. Like he, all of his rough edges are kind of sanded out, yeah. and kind of same same with Sophie doppelganger, but. Um. Yeah, she comes in and uh, they share a drink together on the oh, steps. Polo- uh, I think it's a Paloma. Yeah, I think it's grapefruit Paloma? juice. Paloma? Paloma, yeah. What's a Paloma? Grapefruit juice and vodka. Okay. Is this is that like afternoon or morning drinking? Uh, like a mimosa or something? It's 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 uh, common with brunch. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. A tequila, it's, I'm sorry. It's, it's tequila. Oh, okay. Oh, wait. Stiff. Wait. <laughs> Wait, no, that's the... That's a different one. The Paloma, two ounces. So there's one that you make with grapefruit juice, and then there's one that you make with grapefruit soda, like Fresca, Squirt, or Joritos. Um, so, yeah, I can't remember. I think it's Paloma, but there's it's a cock, it's a grapefruit cocktail. Yeah, remember, folks, Kyle was the sponsor of a Drinking Movie Month here yes. at Catching Up on Cinema. So he is the aficionado when it comes to drinks and smokes in cinema. Uh, uh, so... Of, it's only natural that he would notice these things in me. I would just totally fucking gloss also, over it. <laughs> also a bartender. Uh. Also a bartender. So yes, he kn- he knows his shit. Um, um, but yeah, uh, Ethan Prime gets a little uh, frustrated here mm-hmm. because she's been in there about twenty minutes, about five was, minutes over, and it was like seventeen minutes. Like we're still in the fifteen minute ballpark, bitch. Like, he's Ethan Prime. He's yeah. a little anal retentive. Yes. just a little bit. <laughs> um, so he does his routine of going around the back trying to get in the side door and he catches he catches a glimpse of her getting a back massage a shoulder massage from ethan doppelganger ethan well, two uh, there's a there's an interesting exchange here when he's making the cocktail uh and i think she asks him it's like i look kind of bitchy in the painting and he's like well you're kind of bitchy sometimes and she's like what but it's like it was kind of playful and uh, it, it came from like a, like her guard was down, and when he said it, she was just kind of like taken aback, but she wasn't angry about it. He's like, "Well, you're kind of bitchy, and I'm kind of an asshole sometimes." And she kind of just sits with it, like, "Huh." It's actually a callback to the very beginning of the mm-hmm. movie. Um, they do mention in their their couples therapy session that we used to do that. Like we, I used to call you a bitch, and she was like, "And yeah, I was fine with that. Like it was a fun thing we used to do." Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess being able to make light of their, their flaws and their tendencies is something that they've, he's kind of brushed past and it, it was something that she actually valued, like being, being able to be more frank and open, I guess, is something that she seems to continually value in, in Ethan two over Ethan prime. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, but you yeah, can't, uh, he, you can't bang <laughs> a whole foods cashier and keep calling your wife a bitch after that. <laughs> it just does it. It's not the same. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It does kind of uh, add a little extra spice to, to, to the words. Yeah, uh, just a little bit. Um, but yeah, we uh, we cut to the evening and we're having dinner together. And oh my god, I think every meal in this film involves couscous. 
Oh, really? Um, I didn't even notice that. It's just little little yellow flakes, like something that has the texture mm. of, of couscous, seems to be on the plate in almost every meal in this film, aside from the one that Sophie too offers him earlier with the bacon and eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to say that maybe she's vegetarian or something. Um, but we have a fun little exchange here where they're, they're comparing details about their doppelgangers. And Sophie, Sophie, Sophie Prime, that is, uh, kind of opens up a little bit more than maybe he was willing to and says like oh yeah like he, he starts asking like like how how are we different how is how is my doppelganger different from me and she's like oh his hair is a little more beachy is mm-hmm. the way she puts it and it's a it's a curious word choice because i i don't know what that means and yet i do mm-hmm. like i i I can see it in my mind's eye, but the word itself actually doesn't really have any meaning as far as I know. It's just, it's kind of a perfect word choice. Well, and she also brings up the glasses here. She's like, and he doesn't wear glasses. And she, I think the conversation is with, have you never tried contacts? Like, I can see where he can get kind of frustrated. It's like I don't want to. Maybe he's. Like, I don't want to wear contacts. Like I just want to wear glasses. But his his hair is like I, I, the best way I could describe it. Just Hitler Youth comb over. <laughs> just just combed over to the side. It doesn't look good. Like he doesn't. It's crazy how much better looking he is as the doppelganger. And it's literally just ruffle your hair and take off the glasses. Yeah, actually, I'm really glad you brought attention to that because what these two actors do uh, with their physicality and their performances to signal to us, the viewer, that they are now a different person, really remarkable stuff, actually, Mm -hmm. because I don't know who does it better, but they both have so many tiny little tricks they do. Like, Like her, just she's much more quick to smile um, she just shines like she yeah. has a brightness to her as the doppelganger that she doesn't have as Sophie Prime um, and in his case like you said he doesn't look good as mm-hmm. Ethan Prime and a lot of it I think has to do with like flattening his his jaw in such a way that like his neck fat protrudes a little I bit see that yeah and he just has a perpetual scowl like he looks he looks kind of frumpy all the time and yeah the hair doesn't help and the glasses as well but he also is much quicker to smile as the doppelganger and what's really cool here is he actually plays along with her. Like he's like trying to mess, like yeah, mess up his hair <laughs> to look like her, to look like his doppelganger. But what's really cool is that he still doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like even after she messes up his hair and he takes off the glasses, what he does with his face and his posture, he still doesn't actually look like the doppelganger. Yeah, and it's like that's that's pretty cool. That's like literally his hair is the same as it would be in the scenes with the doppelganger. It's just purely the way he's carrying himself um but we cut to the middle of the night and he's just awake yeah like he's just like flat on his back staring at the ceiling with the lights off and he's like i like i like the phrasing he's like i think i'm gonna take my session in the guest house now mm-hmm. and again this this seems like a non-monogamy thing <laughs> it's yeah. like I'm, I'm 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 disclosing what i'm doing right now i'm going to go see my other partner right now mm-hmm. are you okay with this yes i'm okay with this go go have your adventures but Instead of doing anything in the guest house with with the doppelganger, we just see him go in there and uh, turn on the record function on his phone, on his cell phone, and he puts it in a little basket uh, on the shelf in the doorway, uh, and then he just like heads straight back to bed. And then very next scene is in the morning, and we see uh, Sophie hanging out with uh, Ethan too, and I. I wasn't able to determine any theming going on with these Russian nesting dolls, with these Matroshka dolls, but we just have this goofy, what appears to be totally improvised sequence of her 
talking about like applying narratives applying stories to all these dolls and the just the two of them having fun couple time together yeah did you get anything out of the dolls as being a potential theme in the story she says the one doll is insecure about her thighs or something like that so i think i think maybe if you have somebody who's cheat like somebody who's um cheated in a relationship i think automatically the other person there's some sort of jealousy or insecurity it's like why would they seek this out from somebody else is there something wrong with me so it might be a way for her to kind of voice like maybe that's her in, like just an insecurity that she has but she has this moment with the doppelganger where it's not like an attack like he's not like well why would you why would you give that story to that like it just seems like she's letting her guard down and maybe kind of voicing so, like something that's subconsciously bothering her yeah uh, i could totally see that um i i was fixated on that for a minute but i just kind of it was also gave up on it it also just feels like genuine goofy time like she's just you know just they're just kind of having fun they're just bonding like i said th- this is a general criticism of the film is that at times it does feel repetitive we're just getting sessions with these characters together and you can tell that a lot of the dialogue was just improvised we're just riffing and this whole thing you could tell that they're just like as actors, I want to say that this is a really common practice where you use objects as uh, anchors for for guiding your guiding your character through a scene. Yeah. In fact, like I can honestly say, I bore witness to this. I'm actually editing a video right now. It's just like two hours of raw footage of my friend's friend, who's an actor, just riffing as a character, and you can see him just like pointing to things in the room and using them to expand the mythology of this character who he's he's literally crafting on the fly hmm. so like her talking about the thighs and things like that it's like i'm pretty sure she was just like handed some objects and was just like okay i guess mm-hmm. i'm just gonna come up with some shit and uh, if it derives meaning cool if not it yeah. doesn't make it into the film but um next we get to see ethan prime uh, go back to the guest house and he's explicitly there for the reason of picking up his phone mm-hmm. because he he wanted to record presumably sophie's session uh with with ethan too and he can't find it and then he's confronted by the doppelganger sophie and we see him once again putting out his feelers and running some experiments uh with her uh in the form of him asking her to leave the guest house yeah and she 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 kind of skirts around the question where he's like what do you want to do today and she's like i don't know just hang out and read indoors (laughs) indoors <laughs> he's like okay so you can't leave is what he is what is implied here um but she hands him his phone at the end of this conversation yeah. so it's understood that like that ain't gonna wh- work, dude. whatever presence is inhabiting this home is is aware of what he's up to yeah um and then we see that he tries to listen to the playback of his recording and it's all just garbled noise yeah. like he didn't get anything and Kyle, I, I think the chalkboard sequence comes next. Do you remember what happened here? Yeah, this is kind of strange. Um, so she, uh, Sophie Prime goes back to the guest house, and Ethan, uh, guest house Ethan, is just up in like a crawl space. Like it looks like a kid's room that they have. Uh, not a crawl space. Yeah, it's just like a, almost like a third floor that's not really a floor. Um, and there's like old, like some old beds up there. And she's like, what are you doing up here? He's just like, just sitting, feeling, feeling tall. Um, and he, he says, like, I have something really important that I want to talk to you about. And she's like, what? And he just draws a tic-tac-toe board with chalk. On, I'm guessing what is a chalkboard wall, which is cool. That's cool that they have that there. Uh, but it is funny. She goes with circle 
in the corner. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, you start with circle? And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of with him on this. You do X middle square. Everybody knows that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they just have this little fun tic-tac-toe game. And then he just immediately pivots to, why don't you kiss me anymore? And she's like, what? He's like, yeah, you just don't really, you don't really kiss me anymore. And nothing, I don't really feel like anything is really resolved here. It's just him almost... There are moments where it just feels like therapy. Like the Russian nesting the Russian nesting doll thing feels like something that a therapist would do with somebody like, here, we're just going to play a game and we're just going to kind of chat. Uh, but yeah, this is like we're playing a tic-tac-toe and I'm just going to bring up something that bothers me, like in a therapeutic way. Yeah, uh, pretty much the structure of the entire film seems analogous to, to therapy. therapy. Yeah. Um, and again, how the characters are either receptive to the process or not. And obviously we can tell who is and who isn't. Um, what's notable about him asking about the kiss thing is like you said, it's prefaced with a game. Mm-hmm. So she's disarmed. Like, like we're, we're laughing, we're having a good time. Bam. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, didn't see that coming. Um, not a whole lot comes out of it, but really the major thing is that this is clearly not something that Ethan prime would do where it's like open and frank communication about something that's that's valuable and important. He he seems to putter about and like walk circles around a lot of things like this and to have him just like confront her head on about something like this seems very valuable to her. Um and we can see just based on her like body language and the way she kind of lightens up like wow, that was unexpected, but I I'm glad you I'm glad you did that. You you came to me to ask about important shit. Um, and then in the evening, when both of our primes are together in bed, uh, we see Ethan commenting that some of his uh, his clothes are missing. Mm-hmm. Like he can't find them. And in the meantime, Sophie Prime is getting texts yeah. on her cell phone. This was funny. Uh, well, one, uh, I like where she's like, some of the stuff I packed is not in here. And she's like, are you sure? And I've had the same, I'm sure you you might have had, like, I've had the same kind of quarrel. That's the start of a fight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> are you sure? She's like, are you sure you didn't just hang it up? And you're just like, no. Some of the stuff I packed is not in here. <laughs> it's, just, it's too close to home. Um, but yeah, I like the ding, ding. He's just like, she got a text. And he's like, she gets like a little giggle or a smirk or something. He's like, who's that text from? And she's like, uh, from Guest House Ethan? It's just kind of funny. It's like, that's fucking weird. You guys are texting now? Yeah, I... I, I actually love the line that closes out the scene. He's like, what what plan do they have? <laughs> like, what cell phone plan did these doppelgangers have? Yeah, that's weird. Um, um, but but it, yeah, I, I think the morning is uh, Sophie with uh, the doppelganger this in the morning? Is, yeah, this, is, I, uh, this was interesting. So, uh, yeah, they go to sleep, and then uh, Ethan, regular Ethan, wakes up in the bed, and she's gone. And mm-hmm. she's not like downstairs in the main house. She's in the in the guest house first thing in the morning. Yeah, so we can see that she's she has a a pull. There's yes. an allure to Ethan too that Ethan Prime isn't giving her at this moment. So she's she's no longer just saying like he did, like saying, "Hey, I'm going to go see the other gal today." She's like just doing it on her own, totally skirting around the rules that obviously are of prime importance to him. Uh, and and should be honestly but um immediately uh we're having a conversation in the morning uh sophie prime and ethan too 
and uh, she gives him some coffee. And again, we see frank and open communication where he just launches into an apology about his infidelity. Well, she asks, Bear in mind, this is coming out of the mouth of not Ethan Prime. She asks, why did you cheat? Like she just kind of, yes. she just like, just like just spurs it on him. Like, why did you cheat? And he, he is very open and honest with her and intensely apologetic. And he keeps reiterating that he has no excuse. Um, and he if he kind of accepts the blame and he actually gets into it. And clearly this is a conversation that has needed to happen since they began therapy. But what we can infer here is that it, it actually hasn't. So yeah. this is her getting what she needs from a person who is not her husband. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't... I mean, that's why you go to therapy. Some people are just not emotionally aware, like, uh, how to, like, communicate how they feel. And I don't know if this is so much of what he wants to say or more of what she wanted to hear. I think it's more the latter. Mm-hmm. I think it's more what she needs to hear because what we learn about the construction of these doppelgangers a little later suggests that it is, this is kind of them representing the person but also representing an idealized version of that person mm-hmm. so not a hundred percent copy um but yeah he he basically chalks it up to insecurity and again he he tries to apologize in earnest and everything about uh, elizabeth elizabeth moth's acting here suggests that that is exactly what she needed to hear she yeah. gives him a tearful smile and a smooch and it's like ah okay that's that's not your husband. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we head back to uh, the gorgeous kitchen uh, that Ted Danson has. Uh, this just huge. I love the window. There's just huge window above the sink. But they have a little chat here, and this is where he comes down with his hair a little messed up. And I'm like, oh, I know what you did there. He's trying to like personify the cool Ethan. Um, but I'm not really sure what what their chat. I don't remember what their chat is here. Well, it's because it's nothing, Kyle. Is it nothing? It's actually okay. o- it it's almost comedic because he approaches her and it's still the morning, by the way. So this is our two primes having a conversation. And he's like, Is there anything you want to talk about? And she's like, No. Is there anything you want to talk about? And he's like, Not really. No. It's like, oh, well, this is the complete opposite of the style of communication that apparently both of these people need, but you know, we're both kind of putting on masks and pretending it's all good. Um, so I guess, I guess we have a situation where both characters or mostly Sophie at this point has, has a crutch in terms of getting to where she needs to be with, with the person she's with. And we have two characters that are just unwilling to get into the nitty gritty of, of what actually needs to be said. But I think, uh, I think this is where he gets the first voicemail. Yeah. Uh, whoever he called first is a fucking asshole. Uh, it sounds like yeah. he called two of his friends and his mom, but his guy's like, "Yeah, dude, uh, thanks for fucking calling me at two a.m." Uh, and he's just like kind of a dick about it. Someone else is like, "Yeah, you were born. Yeah, I know you." It sounds like it sounds like he called these people and asked them questions about his personal life. First guy's a dick. Second guy's like, uh, "This is kind of strange, but yeah, this." And mom sounds really nice. She just uh, she just leaves him a nice little voicemail, and he's like, "That's fucking weird." It's literally uh, Charlie Nepotism's mother. Yeah, it's literally his mother. It's really, it's literally Mary Steen version. Yeah. <laughs> hey, mom, can you like do ADR today? Mom, I asked you to do the ADR thing. God, <laughs> God. 
Um, but yeah, he gets a he t- gets bombarded with oh, voicemails oh, while sorry. he's in the orchard. Oh, Ted is a perfect stepdad name, by the way. Oh, Ted. yeah, that is the prototypical that stepdad is the name. Stepdad Jesus Christ, name. Ted. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, he gets bombarded with voicemails, and it's when he's a fair distance from the house, like he's standing in the orchard nearby. So apparently, there's some sort of force that prevents his phone from getting service until he's like a decent distance from the home but uh he approaches sophie prime about this he's like hey i got a bunch of cryptic voicemails uh seemingly following up on questions that i didn't ask yeah uh this seems weird and and it's pretty obvious what's going on that the doppelganger is calling people and asking about personal details to use it as ammunition for dealing with sophie prime um but he kind of said he comes to a conclusion in his own mind that some drastic action needs to be taken. Well, we have another moment of now we have Sophie Prime not letting him have his, like, not communicating his, like, not having a conversation about his frustration because he's just like, I think maybe he's calling. She's like, I don't think that's happened. Like, she's not, get, like, giving it any kind of, uh, like, no, that's not happening. And he's just like, okay, like, whatever. And you notice that she's getting all, like, dolled up. Like, she's like, doing her makeup getting to go look good she's about to go get her session with uh with the doppelganger i was frankly kind of surprised he didn't say anything about Mm -hmm. it because i was like she's like sitting in front of a mirror getting all made up it's like yeah for who and for what (laughs) my my partner doesn't wear makeup except like to a wedding that's like the only time she'll put on so if we were like if she was just like started putting on makeup like oh i'm going out like i would like wait wait what are we doing what are we doing tonight so i'm you're not doing anything i'm going out tonight like uh uh-huh with who (laughs) (laughs) who you going out with Kyle um, turns into stepdad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this next next sequence is very troubling. Uh, and I was watching. So Steph woke up when I was about halfway through the film. So I like filled her in what was happening. And this is where she was started watching the movie with me. So uh, uh, Ethan Prime decides they're they're in the like the main house. He's like, hey, I'm gonna go to the grocery store. Do you, do you want me to get anything for you? She's like, no, I don't want anything in particular. He's like, okay. So. He drives around the block, basically, and uh, parks near the property, and his plan is to uh, get into the guest house the same time as Sophie Prime. Uh, and it's a good idea. It's a, it's, this is kind of funny, uh, but yeah, it, it's, a good, it's a good plan. Uh, but he watches her, waits for her to go towards the uh, guest house, and he, I like how he opens the door, and uh, doppelganger Sophie's like, hey, sweetie, what's up? And he's like... He just like goes to the back door. She's on the couch. And he's just like, okay, it shuts the door. Um, but he waits right for when Sophie Prime is going in, and he just like makes it to the stairs, and she thinks it's uh, doppelganger Ethan. Yeah, uh, he comes in. He comes in. He has his glasses off, and his hair is all messed up. It's not beachy quite quite no. right. Um, but again, this is where the acting really does leagues for for expressing character because he doesn't look like no. ethan too at all not at like all. it's so obvious it's not it's not the real thing but somehow sophie prime isn't seeing this um but she comes in and she's just like throwing words at him that he he and and us the viewer are just like i don't really know what she's talking about but she she uses this phrase she says 
like ethan you're so good at articulating exactly what it is i'm feeling and she makes an allusion to like what we experienced together last night and he's like uh-huh i'm i'm glad that worked out for you yeah. <laughs> like, i'm having a good time yeah. not, not. <laughs> um, uh, yeah he has no fucking clue what she's talking about and nor do we the viewer because apparently she's been sneaking in sessions that even we aren't privy to mm-hmm. um and we cut to them upstairs in bed together and this is where like kyle said this is a little problematic I guess. I was, yeah i was sitting there with stuff i'm like is this rape technically she's like well no it's the same person i'm like no it's not <laughs> this no, is it's not this <laughs> is this is not the person that she thought she was uh, making love to like is this is a different person yeah, if, if those two dicks can touch yeah it's a different, different person <laughs> <laughs> it's a different dick <laughs> Uh, and we're not talking time cop dick where if those two dicks touch they they turn into a goop no, and they die. Like, yeah, no. I'm like I, there's I mean there's definitely a boundary has been crossed here. This is this is not okay. Um but yeah, uh I think Ethan now like he has just he's just like he feels cheated on now because he's like we had an agreement that we weren't going to do that. And now I know that she has been doing that and wants to do that. So I think he's sitting, I think he's kind of stewing in House Prime. He comes back to House Prime and she's like, where are the groceries? He's just like, the grocery store's closed. Um, so he does his guest house, um, his guest house session. Yeah, I liked I liked uh, the camera work and his, his the blocking of him walking back to the van after his session with with sophie prime like after he sleeps with his wife un, like unbeknownst to her because he just looks dejected like it, whatever pleasure could have come out of that experience didn't didn't register with him no um but yeah he comes home and he's like yeah the store was closed it's like yeah that doesn't make any sense but cool but he goes to the guest house for his session and like this is where the the therapy analogy becomes like a hundred percent clear yeah is that it's it's literally Sophie two therapizing him where he's just he's like sitting at the opposite end of the room on the staircase while she sits in a chair much like a therapist would do or something and like the he's, physical distance between the two even his body he's turned yeah. away from her like, he's kind of like he's, guarded like he's kind of like hunched yeah. over too yeah no he wants no part of whatever process this is uh, the the rules of which or the 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 principles of which are totally unbeknownst to us but yeah he he is not having it and even her her body language like there's a moment where he does make eye contact with her he locks eyes with her and he's just like lashing out at her like are you a fucking robot or a spirit are you even human and she's just like dead staring him but she still has that like that stepford wife smile to her mm-hmm. or it's just like i'm not going to i'm not going to answer those questions you were you were yelling at a brick wall but really good moment for him because he's he's saying a lot of the things that he his character should be saying if he's supposed to be a decent guy Mm -hmm. like if he was if at this point in the story he was intended to be a total shithead and like a terrible husband he wouldn't say these things but Mm -hmm. the things that he says here is like he he refers to this weekend as the weekend he loses his wife because he's aware of the fact that his his wife sophie prime is enamored with a different version of him. He refers to it as like a 20% cooler version of me. Yeah. Um, but just the fact that he he knows that he's he's losing the game right now. 
and it and it upsets him means that he's invested means that he hasn't given up and we do see him look out the window at one point and see uh sophie prime leave the guest house but then immediately go right back Mm -hmm. so it's like we see her getting deeper and deeper and deeper and uh we have a (laughs) we have we have the the crossing of the the boundaries kind of here where she's in bed with with ethan with ethan too and uh he's he's doing a you know a stupid uh husband and wife stripper routine where mm-hmm. it's like it's it's playful it's very vanilla i mean they're both dorks so it makes yeah. sense well, <laughs> but, but uh ethan prime is like that's it <laughs> i'm getting in there <laughs> this is uh this is a funny scene because steph was watching it and she caught the bit about my my stuff that i packed is not in here and she notices she's like uh where did you get these clothes and he's just like i just have them you know just i just have these clothes and she's like yeah but he she's kind of piecing it together but she doesn't like but she kind of just stops she stops asking questions she doesn't care yeah she's she's like i i i see that but i'm not going to acknowledge that because i'm enjoying myself um but yeah so they they're starting to get hot and heavy but yeah uh ethan prime just starts coming back and banging on the banging on the window they try to ignore it he i think he even says like i'm not going away like i'm not gonna stop doing this um so yeah she comes and answers the door and then he runs in like this is like confronting the guy that's sleeping with your wife like he goes up there to like knock it all off and and he's gone ethan uh ethan doppelganger ethan is gone um, and I'm not sure if they have an argument here before they get back to the house. They're, they're both heading back to the house because he's basically dragged her out of the guest house. Uh, so both of our primes are walking and talking, and they stop for a second at the pool, which, again, Nobody's has not been used by anyone. Touched. Nobody even runs a <laughs> finger through there. God, what a waste. What a waste. Um, and she she is borderline hysterical, and she's makes it known like i don't intend to leave this place yeah it's like that's dramatic yeah um but yeah after she declares that she's just gonna stay at ted danson's house forever um we head back to the main house and in the middle of our argument we notice and the camera pans over very casually oh the doppelgangers are at the table and they're saying hello uh, so now we finally cross this boundary where all the characters can inhabit space together. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently some some of the rules have changed on us, and uh, we sit down to like basically do another group therapy session essentially, except with doppelgangers instead of Ted Danson. And this is where uh, Ethan too. This is where he kind of starts to make his pivot towards becoming an antagonist. Yeah, like. A straight up villain because he is a total fucking prick. Uh, only difference is up to this point we've only seen him wooing a lady. Mm-hmm. We've never seen him with another with another dick in the room. And my God, I am familiar with this energy and <laughs> I despise it. Men men like this suck, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, I haven't encountered this much outside of uh, I think high school. Uh, I've done much better. Like uh, past like twenty five, twenty six, I haven't encountered too many people like this, and hopefully, I don't encounter too many more. Because uh, I'm an adult and I'll fucking leave. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of toxic nerds out there that will try to do shit like this, where it's like they it turns into everything turns into a dick measuring contest of some sort. It's like, oh man, <laughs> it's like it's like, ladies, can can you just like make yourself scarce? Because this this guy is 
perfectly fine when you're not around. <laughs> but today, he's a total fucking prick. <laughs> fucking nerds. Uh, well, at first, that, yeah, the toxic lot. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> he kind of he doesn't really. He's not a dick straight away, but he's like. But it is kind of like a, a two Rams kind of going against each other at first, and he's just like, "I am real." They're, we're trying to deal with like the realness of this. It's like I am real because I am. You can see me right in front of you. You can touch me or whatever. But I think he's just like, "Hey, you know what? I think we can. Uh, I think we'll make some dinner. You know, sit down, have some dinner together, and uh, we'll just you know talk it out." Um, yeah, I, I like that uh, Ethan too. Again, this is this is the script and the actors doing a very good job of asking the right questions, uh, because Ethan Prime's prime his complaint at the beginning at the outset of this conversation with the doppelgangers is like I, I'm not ready to believe that you you people who look identical to us are actual people. The, there's a lot of repetition of the word real, which I was I was starting to get frustrated with. I was like, dude, mix up your words a little or something. Like, yeah. like real is not the right word. Like, 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 are you human? I think would be the first question I have. Yeah. Like, like p- identical human beings that don't come out of the same womb are not a thing. Your so. wife has had that thing's dick in her. Uh, so he is real. <laughs> he is real. <laughs> that that's the thing. It's yeah. like real is not the right word to use because absolutely they're real. They inhabit space. Like they're or. You know, the, he fucked your way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's about as real as it can get. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but um, he counters it with, like, basically, he flips his logic on its head. He spins it back at him, where it's like, by your logic of me not being real, you're not real either. And it's like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, maybe make a better argument out at the outset of things. But what I really liked here was. um. Ethan, too, is stressing that, and by the way, because he has the big dick energy in the room, he's the one guiding all the conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's commanding the room. Like, he's guiding the flow of things. So people talk when he allows them to, basically. Um, and Sophie, too, is kind of demure and, like, like kowtows to him in some fashion. Like, yeah. she's very much a Stepford wife. Like, she defers to him all the time. But um, I, I really love the, the subtle comedy of the two Sophies complimenting their yeah. looks. Yeah, that and was she's nice. She's like, I love your shoes. And she's like, I really like how you have your hair pinned back. It's like, I've been in the room for those conversations where it's yeah. like. You two don't like that... each other. <laughs> but it, it's decorum. It, it's what you do. It's like you, you just find some innocuous detail to yeah. give a faux compliment to someone. Just to start things off on the right foot because it's just what you do. Um, but yeah, uh, Ethan, Ethan, too, is like he, he, he almost like a camp counselor. He's like. Okay, we're gonna have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get some. I'm starving. I'm famished. Let's have some dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Let's all have couscous and wine. <laughs> good combination. <laughs> um, but yeah, we cut to the evening and we're all dressed up and uh, we're having dinner together. And Kyle, do you remember any of the details from this? I don't remember the dinner details. Um, I. It seems like it's just kind of a normal dinner. Like it doesn't seem too terribly awkward at this point uh it doesn't get awkward until the sophie's talk in the kitchen i i mean maybe it's because i'm more sensitive to to this kind of shit but like again i was really focused on ethan too and his subtle douchebaggery mm-hmm. where like at one point he's like ethan you seem flustered is there anything i can do for you mm-hmm. which is is a statement that it creates a pecking order mm-hmm. where it's like 
you're beneath me because you have an issue and and i'm the one who can accommodate that issue Mm. it's like really subtle use of language but combative in its own way and this is this is what i get from hanging out with too many nerds is like shit like that matters like simple things like word choice and and like pecking order like because Mm. these are people that don't thrive on physicality (laughs) words Ah. are what they have words are the words are their bullets Um, gotcha and yeah he's being subtly combative here and he's kind of putting ethan down and i'm sorry but like i i I don't like ethan as a character like ethan prime is not exactly a great guy but i can't help but identify him identify with him in this setting because there's a lot of really important fucking questions that should probably be answered and you know he's he's got to know Mm -hmm. he can't not touch um but yeah we're eating dinner and it's mostly cordial and once again we have ethan two kind of commanding the room kind of like eating up all the airtime and uh, he has this example of like if i buy a gorilla and (laughs) if i buy an aardvark it's like oh my god this fucking guy but this is this is where you know i need to give a lot of credit to mark duplass like this is a, a very strong pivot for this character that makes him massively unlikable Mm -hmm. he turns into a total shit heel and he really embraces it does a really good job with it but uh the the shot choices here and the edits are really smooth because we see that even though me again i'm a i'm a dude watching this movie so i have my own perspective i see him and i'm just like i hate you so much Mm -hmm. but then we keep getting these shots like slipped in there of sophie prime being like he's so smart Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's so deep (laughs) and she is like so enamored with him like how do you see that and then we cut to ethan prime and his facial expressions kind of match my own (laughs) but you also have to take it like think about it from ethan prime's perspective i'm like this is the guy that fucked your wife and now he's fucking he's alpha in you right now he's moving in on your territory He's, he's putting you into a beta position yeah Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he he is rolling you over onto He's, your back to show your belly. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> not by your own choice. <laughs> it's not great, but yeah, the, it's not. Uh, was the Ardvark the conversation at the dinner table? Yeah. yeah, and then we head into the kitchen, and you said I the wine it. was where things amplified. The, right? the, I really like this this scene um, <laughs> because yeah, like you said, uh, Sophie too, the doppelganger, has been just kind of like not submissive, but very. Like even with uh with Ethan Prime, she's just kind of nodding and smiling and yeah, um and even sitting next to uh Ethan too, she just kind of just just kind of quiet, just sitting there. So the scene, she's it's the two Sophies and um she's like, oh I can help the Sophie Prime's like, oh I can help you with the dishes and she just kind of uh, Sophie too just kind of smirks and she grabs the wine like, oh there's a little bit of wine left, you want to finish it off? She's like yeah, why not? She takes a glug just straight from the bottle. She passes it to her. And uh, Sophie Prime asks her, and I was I was kind of confused about what she was asking her here, but uh, she's like, we talk about you guys. Do you and uh, the two doppelgangers, do you two doppelgangers talk about us? And she just kind of smirks at her. She's like, oh, do you mean, does doppelganger talk about you, Sophie Prime? And it's just this weird passive aggressive exchange and it was really interesting to see like you could she's given her like this like passive aggressive um attitude 
And I thought it was kind of like the therapeutic version of Sophie seeing how when something is bothering you and something is bothering somebody and how they take it out on you can really affect your mood and how you interact with the person. So it was kind of like how she's probably acting towards Ethan Prime being kind of thrown back at her. Yeah, wow, I hadn't really keyed in on that, but that you're absolutely right. Like that's that's good job, pal. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I'm saying this sets it off because this is what's happening to Ethan and it amplifies even more when they start playing the game. Because it's yeah. like it's like them getting their personality thrown back at them. Yeah. Uh Doppelganger Sophie has a, a question that she asks. She says, You know what I'm curious about? And she's um remember the conversation has been cordial up to this point um they shared wine together in the kitchen it's like she asked sophie prime are you more concerned with the experiences that me and your ethan shared or are you more concerned with what i know Mm -hmm. about my about the experiences that you and my ethan shared yeah it's like and she's like very strongly leaning into the latter you can feel the core pretty sure you're more (laughs) you're much more preoccupied with the latter you can you can like you know those moments where your your cortisol kicks in you feel your heartbeat just go like 10 times fat like just go faster like you can feel that moment for her it's like in a different movie a comedic visual gag you could do is like have one of the dudes walking into the kitchen just do a quick 180 just like nope nope <laughs> not now, <laughs> not now. <laughs> i picked the wrong oh. time to bring the dishes back <laughs> and this is why i love elizabeth moss and why she's such a great character on mad men is she has this she has this delivery that she can give that's just really gets under your skin like you lo- like i really love her character but there, she has moments as her character where I'm just like, oh, she really pisses you off sometimes. But this moment, she's like, you can do the dishes. And it just kind of walks out of the kitchen. I'm like, whoo, she got you. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, this whole exchange, like, see, you're, what you perceive there I think is absolutely true and really valuable. But I was still fixated on the, the non-monogamy thing mm-hmm. because this it's makes there. me think of conversations that I – I haven't been party to, but I'm sure happen a lot. Yes. Like you have a situation where there's an imbalance in an emotional investment in the parties involved, where it's like one of the dudes or one of the gals is maybe vying for one person a little too strongly, and it's really throwing the balance out of whack, and it make, creates tension mm-hmm. because we're all supposed to be on the same page here, and clearly two, one or two parties involved are a little more into each other than some of the other people on the periphery. Yeah, I honestly just don't... I, I, I don't know what those relationships are like, um, but I feel as though for, like, a married couple, like, do you really want to hang out with your your spouse's part, like, your spouse's side person? Like, I, I'm like... I feel like I would be like, you go do your thing, and I don't want to talk to him. Or her. Like, I, don't, I just don't really want to be around that person. I mean, I'm on the same page with you, Kyle. I mean, obviously, you and I are in monogamous relationships. But, yeah, yeah I mean, that's where I would be at. If, if for whatever reason, I was in that kind of situation, I don't want to know that guy. I don't want to know him. Yeah. I don't want to know him. <laughs> He's not God. sitting in my house. It's not gonna... I'm not playing Uno with Ted. We're not going out to dinner. <laughs> that yeah no way man yeah ah but yeah she uh she gets uh sophie too uh gets to drop drop the mic here 
by saying like you know what on second thought while i'm you know being a stepford wife i think i think i can let this slide instead you can do the dishes yeah it's like so she's kind of like throwing throwing her down a peg or two but uh we get a brief moment with the the ethan's uh together outside and uh ethan prime is of course very confrontational here he's like i know what you're trying to do you are trying to sabotage my relationship and uh i don't like it yeah (laughs) and uh ethan too is he's alluding to some sort of setup that is never actually explained but he's like you still haven't figured it out yet Mm -hmm. and this is never resolved in the film um but it actually it actually could be a lie um honestly now that i think about it because like i wouldn't be i wouldn't put it past ethan too to do something like plant a seed, like a riddle mm-hmm. in Ethan Prime's mind to keep him preoccupied and unfocused, where it's like, oh, if I, if I allude to a, a grander scheme at work, he's going to be, be too fixated on, on that. that to worry about his wife and his relationship. Yeah, so I, see that. I, I actually thought that was really clever. But uh, then we get a card game. Card. Yes. Um, yeah, the Oof. card game is very uncomfortable. Uh, Sophie, too, says almost nothing during this. So we have... Uh, head of the table, uh, Ethan two, and then on opposite, very appropriate, yeah. Opposite sides, you have Ethan Prime, Sophie Prime, and then I think Sophie Prime and Sophie two are sitting next to each other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's but really like they're on the like it's literally just Sophie Prime and Ethan two having almost a game with each other. And at one point, uh, they're kind of like he's being a playful dick with her, like a, like he's just being kind of fun, and. Um, he said, uh, Ethan Prime says, like, you just let her win. And then, I don't know, that just sets him off. So this is where Ethan, too, is being an absolute dickhead to him. He's like, all right, fine, well, you and I will play together. Like, we're just going to focus on the two of us. And it's it, it's it's kind of heated. And it's funny, I have in my notes, I'm like, Ethan is being a dick to himself. <laughs> <laughs> to himself. <laughs> to himself. <laughs> But yeah, I'm, th- I'm sure he does that in his own mind too. This is where it's like, oh, this is where it's like, you can hear a, like a pin drop. Like it's it's so uncomfortable in this scene. Yeah, uh, this scene is really well executed. Uh, I've I've been in, involved in situations like this. Jesus, I would leave. <laughs> I I wanted to hit that guy, <laughs> I, like straight up. If if there if there wasn't a lady in the room, and of course she was kind of tied into the drama um you want that guy would have got hit you want to know how you, you know how you exit you stand up and you calmly take whatever liquid you had and you pour it on his head and let him make the next move <laughs> your move dude uh i don't think i had any fluids handy but cards were involved and uh yeah there was some some nerd dick swinging going on that Jeez. i was not i was not happy with i i very much had the i know what you're trying to do thought in yeah. my mind i didn't verbalize it everybody got out alive <laughs> like, and uh yeah but yes this card game is really intense and remember this is an actor playing opposite himself and it's really good and credit to elizabeth moss too like both of her reactions we cut to their reactions frequently during this sequence very strong because sophie too is just so dejected Mm -hmm. like like during the the playful negging that ethan too is doing to sophie prime you can see that she's just like this yeah this fucking guy like but she also is invested in him so she's like quietly suffering in silence Mm -hmm. like but you can tell this this is not cool for any way in the room 
so it's like this should be a pair of couples this is really just two people show and then there's two people on the sides and like kyle said the arrangement of the table really enforces that too reinforces that rather where it's like our two our two people who like in theory could also pair up are physically yeah. separated from each other to the point that it doesn't work but um, long story short ethan prime uh makes a, a really shitty bluff and ethan two dresses him down verbally by pointing out that he has some really obvious tells and he was doing that to Sophie Prime as well. And, uh, yeah, uh, Ethan Prime loses the card game. He loses the bet. Yeah. Uh, it, he goes, like, I think it's very appropriate. He goes all in and bluffs and loses. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then uh, Ethan, too, tells Sophie about the switcheroo, uh, which is very upsetting for Sophie. <laughs> uh, it pretty much just, dist- like, Again, I was just like, I feel like this is not okay. Like, I feel like his switcheroo was really. Uh, Steph, uh, Steph was like, it's a big violation of trust. Like, it's it's really dark. But uh, yeah, she's just like, I want you to go sleep in the guest house. So she's like, I'm kicking you out of the house. Like, I want you out of here. Which again, she is. T- she should do. Honestly, she should call the cops. I mean, <laughs> you can't really call the cops on the situation. But yeah, it's not. It's not okay. Um, but uh, I think this is where Ethan calls. Uh, his uh not his stepdad uh calls uh, the therapist ted dancing <laughs> the other guys he calls ted yeah. yeah uh he calls the owner of the house uh to let him know thanks for sending us on this retreat it's the worst weekend ever i hate you call me back it's, <laughs> it's funny there's a uh this uh mark duplass in the league they're at somebody's house and uh the host is like all right we're gonna play charades and they're like he's like whoa whoa, whoa dude he's like we have to get out of here. He's like, honestly, I'd rather go to a clan rally. Like, <laughs> I don't want to play charades. But it's a it's a funny beat in that in that show. But when, uh, when he leaves a message with uh, Ted Danson, he's just like, oh yeah, uh, I know you're getting my calls. I know you're ignoring me. Uh, by the way, uh, this is really fun. Maybe next time you can send us to a Holocaust museum. I'm like, well, why would you do that? That doesn't seem very therapeutic. <laughs> like, it, it seems like one of those improvised lines where it's just like it does it doesn't really land. I mean, it's better than inserting the word kumquat just because kumquat sounds funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a go-to for old-school comedians, like mm. like Looney Tunes and stuff. It's like, why did you say kumquat? It's like, it sounds funny. It's funny. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, on his way back uh, to the main house at, during his exile, uh, he also heads back to that shack uh, where the, the Mac computer is set up with the microphone. And I... Uh, it's kind of interesting because like this is just a case i guess of maybe the character being preoccupied with the circumstances or something but he's he was aware of the shack at the very beginning of the story and then he just totally forgot about until now Uh, so he goes in there and he starts snooping around on the computer and he discovers a series of files that all have two people's names associated with them Mm -hmm. so brad and judy or something like that actually kobe bryant is is listed among there I oh think. really i didn't notice that it's it's kobe and whoever he was with at the time gotcha. I, it, it was something i noticed because kobe's not exactly a common name yeah and i looked it up and yeah it was it was a nod to that gotcha. so yeah I'm, I'm guessing our filmmakers from la or something um, but um yeah. <laughs> Charlie nepotism. Yeah. He's not from Utah. I think he yeah, he's probably from Southern California. I mean, we we're we're joking, but 
like this is a pretty good movie. He yeah. seems like a pretty good filmmaker. Oh, no, is, but yeah, this is well put together. Yes, this is a good movie. But Charlie Nepotism is his name. <laughs> but um, yeah, he discovers a series of audio files contained in all these folders uh, that basically it's it it's really indecipherable at first. It's just a bunch of people stating their names, and it sounds like a therapy session. We can hear Ted Danson's voice on the audio track, but then he digs through the recycle bin on the computer and he discovers a folder bearing Ethan and Sophie's name. He's like, and, fuck. Uh, <laughs> He's like, <"Grrr." laughs> yeah, it's like, why didn't you check this earlier? Yeah. <laughs> but, but he was preoccupied. He was fixated on, on, you know, figuring out the guest house. Mm-hmm. Um, but upon opening the audio file in that folder, uh, we get a, a spooky sequence where it's just a voice presumably two different voices but it could be any number of voices repeating i am ethan i am sophie and it sounds different every time it comes out mm-hmm. so it, it sounds like somebody trying to mimic them and not quite getting it right and it's like uh, ted danson is like coaching them like yeah yeah coaching them to say it like this so it's weird and i'm still not entirely sure uh how this movie ends like what exactly happens at this at this guest house um we'll get into it in a minute i suppose but um yeah so uh i think he's in the guest house and he looks at the photo log like he's just looking at the the pictures of the people that have stayed there and he comes across a picture of them he's wearing a hat that i don't think he brought and he's just like we did not take this pic nobody took this picture so this is really fucking weird yeah, by the way, all the photos have comments saying, like, best weekend ever, mm-hmm. and things like that. So everybody leaves happy, apparently. <clears throat> but um, that's, like, late Saturday. They're not leaving happy <laughs> at this point. Yeah, um, so the next sequence is uh, Ethan and, Ethan Prime in the guest house, and uh, Sophie, too, comes to visit him, and we kind of get everything spelled out to us, uh, as much as this movie is willing to offer. I forgot to mention, um, when he... When he ends up leaving after that argument, after she finds out about the switcheroo, he overhears them. I think they're going into the pool. So it's the two Sophies and him, which is like even more. It's just like he could angle a threesome. Like he could totally angle a threesome. That I think even more so the non-monogamy is ki- – like I think that's another one of those moments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean like Sophie too makes it clear, especially in this scene that follows that, that she's totally invested in Ethan too, mm-hmm. such that she'll put up with him relentlessly flirting with someone that isn't her just because she's that attached to him. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, he had some fun with both of them mm-hmm. like, because she's, you know, probably not ecstatic about it, but as long as she gets to hold on to some part of him, she's okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she comes in and she's sneaking in here. So unbeknownst to Sophie Prime and Ethan too, Sophie too comes to visit Ethan Prime in the guest house and she makes it known that there's some sort of arrangement at work here where basically basically we're trying to do a switcheroo. Mm-hmm. Um, so only two people can leave, the, leave this retreat. Um, and she... Sophie Prime is supposed to fall out of love with Ethan Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, we're supposed to replace our doppelgangers. Are supposed to replace our primes. And now that the uh, doppelganger, I'm sorry. Now that the doppelganger's out of the guest house, uh, uh, Ethan Prime is actually locked in the guest house. He cannot get out. Yes, Sophie. Sophie too has to let him out. Mm-hmm. So 
she says that basically the boundaries are reinforced by their emotional distance or closeness. So the reason they were able to enter the main house is because Sophie 2 was emotionally investing in Ethan 2. Mm-hmm. Or Sophie Prime was investing in Ethan 2. So she says that the boundaries are loosening, essentially. She's able to, to freely move about between the houses because uh, there's an imbalance in all of the couple's uh, investments in each other. Um, and in the meantime, uh, Ethan 2 and Sophie Prime are getting ready for a hike. And so it's revealed that Sophie 2 absolutely adores Ethan 2 and w- wants to hold on to him any way she can. Mm-hmm. So she hatches a scheme with Ethan Prime uh, to have things work out uh, the way she'd like them to. Uh, so she goes back uh, to the main house uh, to say, hey, I'd, you know, I'd like to go on a hike with you guys too, but I got to change my clothes because I'm, you know, I'm in my Stepford Wives outfit. I'm looking all dressy but we're going on a hike. So she borrows some clothes uh, from Sophie Prime. And we do a very obvious switcheroo. I like that the movie doesn't, at this point anyway, make any sort of attempt to hide, like, that. oh, yeah, the the Sophie that's coming down the stairs is not the one that Ethan, too, thinks it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Meanwhile, uh, we have a confrontation upstairs between our primes. Mm. Basically, this is like Ethan has one shot, uh, to make his case for sticking together with his with his wife, and uh, what did you think of this, Kyle? Well, Do you think he sold it? <laughs> no, that's the, I was like, no matter what you say, Ethan Ethan too has said the things that she needed to hear. So n- nothing that you say is going to help at, at this moment. So yeah, he just is like, I'm sorry, I don't want to lose you. It's my fault, but it's just all like it's just very. He just surface, yeah, level. Just, yeah, just yeah. surface level, just skims through it basically, and we don't really get, uh, like, we're not sure how she feels. Like, it could go like, yeah, this is the act, my actual husband, and maybe he does feel bad, and this is the best he can do right now. But it could be that it's just like going one in ear, one, one ear out the other kind of situation. But we're not really sure. Um, but I do like the moment with um the two uh the twos downstairs, because <laughs> uh, he's. Like he tells her, he's like, "Listen, I want to, I want to be with you. Like, I, I want to go with you, basically." And it just kind of, just sh- like, just shatters this one. She's almost about to cry. She's just like, "No, he really does love the other one." Yeah. Bear in mind, only two people can leave, yeah. and he's, he doesn't know who he's talking to, and he's making it ex- explicitly known that you know, fuck her, leave her behind. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving with you. Um, but yeah, Elizabeth Moss does a really good job of keeping her reactions to Ethan Prime's monologue very ambiguous where she has like a a pained expression on her face where you can tell she's listening but we don't we don't know how she's receiving the information she's just she's just listening mm-hmm. and it it lends a lot of tension to the scene because in the meantime uh, Ethan too has gotten wise to the fact that there was a switch made and he's banging on the door so everything being said is very hurried and uh, there's a lot of energy being thrown around by the way we didn't mention the soundtrack to this movie this is some indie core horse shit yeah. lots of plinky plunky like xylophone and just like found instrument noises yeah we definitely have some like is this spooky is this just quirky what's going on here yeah I, I know what you mean there was some sort of instrumentation, Kyle, that was driving me fucking nuts because whatever it was, I'm guessing it was some form of synthesized tone or whatever. 
it sounded like my cell phone vibrating. Mm. And it was a huge part of the soundtrack of this movie. And it's like, the, who's calling me? <laughs> In the middle of my movie experience? Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, long story short, uh, Ethan 2 gets in the door and uh, we we have a little uh, physical exchange here. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we do a little wrestling on the floor. It's between the two Ethans. It begins with shoves. It's- but I love the timing of the shoves because it's so delayed. It's like, is that what we're doing? I guess that's what we're doing. It, uh, I'm going to grab you. <laughs> they've done such a good job with how they shot it and make it feel like it's the two different people whenever you have the same actor talking to like the actor talking to themselves. This is the only moment where I'm like that's a different person cuz uh, you like get like a little like blurred shot from behind of one one person to like make like so there's somebody like in the camera but like you could tell like that's a completely different haircut like i can see the sideburns on this guy ethan two's sideburns he his his bone structure looks more like paul rudd Mm -hmm. than mark duplass yeah (laughs) like it's clearly a more handsome man (laughs) it might be the director honestly uh whoever i wouldn't be surprised actually um Um, but yeah we do some wrestling and uh i thought it was telling that as they're like rolling around on the floor together and it's not like a vicious fight it's no. clearly a fight between two people who don't have a fucking clue what they're doing which actually lends some charm to it yeah uh, it's very realistic in that way um what's telling though is that sophie prime is yelling ethan stop it mm-hmm. the whole time it's like she's like this is dumb yeah <laughs> like this is dumb but um kyle i don't know did you watch this movie with the subtitles on i did not okay so i learned over the course of watching this film that apparently Amazon has installed uh, some sort of screen capture protection software yep. onto their uh, their Prime Video service. Uh-huh. I was not aware of that. Oh, yeah. I figured uh, that out. I tried to screenshot something because the subtitles made me laugh like a fucking schoolboy. Uh, so after the fight and after the reveal that uh, the Sophie, Sophie and Ethan want to leave together... Um, Ethan 2 stands up and has a line that very clearly on the audio track is, ah, fuck all of you guys. Mm -hmm. On the subtitles, it says, I'm going to fuck all of you guys. I'm going to fuck all of you guys. (laughs) It's like, well, I mean, with the themes that have been at work in this film, it's like, you know, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, but just I want I want a screen capture of that. I'm going to well, fuck you. Just have to, you guys. Well, what I have to do is if I have something on Amazon, you just have to like take a picture with your phone. Basically, you can't. I'll, I I will do that when we're done here because I I people need to see that. It's Mark Duplass. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, going to fuck all of you guys. It is. It is. This is kind of funny. Uh, I got a kick out of this. Uh, he just like takes off running. Like he's just like I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get out of here. And they're like, uh, this is, it's the end of old school with Jeremy Pivot. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to think what movie it reminded me of, but yeah, he's just like, I'm just gonna get out of here. So he takes off running, and they're just like chasing him down, and she's just like, uh, the uh, Sophie too is just like, I, I we've never, this has never happened before. I have no idea what's gonna happen. Um, but he just is running, and he just fucking face like just runs straight into an invisible wall, and just like it's kind of funny. He just like falls straight back like a cartoon character, and. They all just run up and they're just like, yeah, he's just knocked the fuck out. Um, but this is where uh, both the Sophies are dressed the exact same. And uh, Mark, Dup- like uh, uh, Ethan Prime is just like, I'm getting out of here. And he's just like, Sophie, let's get out of here. And he's just like, fuck, which one is Sophie? Um, and then the one on the left side, like, they both have like the same look. And then the one on the left side gives like a little smile, like just a tiny little smile. Um 
yeah, I, this was this was interesting because I, I felt pretty confident that I had figured out what had just happened. It's it's not a big mystery. No. But what's what's kind of like soul crushing about this moment is that, like you said, the one he picks is is the Sophie that shoots him a smile, mm-hmm. like brightens up, look, gives him gives him an affirming look. Meanwhile, the other one. It just looks totally fucking put put out. Mm-hmm. Like she she's like staring down at the dead body and she's just like, fuck. Yeah. Like she looks she looks very unattractive in this moment, but it's because she's upset. Mm-hmm. But the one he went with was the one that like makes eye contact and gives him a look that makes him feel good about himself. And it's like, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe should have thought that through a little bit, or maybe should have like used your words or done more than just gave it the old eye test yeah <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> um uh, but yeah uh he takes uh, he just like very hurriedly grabs the smiling sophie by the hand runs off gets the van and we get the shot of them driving down the driveway past the other sophie who's just like squatting over the dead ethan and looking pretty mightily pissed off mm-hmm. um and then they go immediately to ted danson's office and they discover it's it's shuttered like mm-hmm. it's nothing in there except a piano yeah um and then we do a, a fade to black and we fade up to our our couple in bed together and do you remember how this movie ends kyle yeah is she in bed with him at this point yeah they're they're like waking up in the morning and they're in their pjs essentially and they're they're ha- having like bubbly fun couple moments together it, it feels like it's out of a Hallmark movie or something. <laughs> yeah, she just they they say something to each other, and she's gonna go make breakfast, basically. Yeah. And uh, she, I don't know if he, she starts cooking it or he's like, "What are you gonna make for breakfast?" And she, we he figures out that she's gonna make bacon, and he's just like, "Oh." He it, like it's it's really interesting because the way he 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 walks through it is just like bacon. He's like, "Wait a minute, she hates when I make." I eat bacon. She would never make bacon. And then it, it dawns on him. He's like, oh, this is the other one. And he's just like, okay, sounds good. And just kind of accepts it. Like, this is this is what's going to happen now. Compartmentalization. Compartmentalization. <laughs> you, done, you done picked the wrong Sophie. You condemned the woman you love to whatever the fuck life. Uh, I don't know if, I don't know what happens to her. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a song that plays over the end credits. I don't remember what it was, but it has like an ironic comedy kind of feel to it where our closing shot is very similar uh, in structure to the shot of uh, the two of them in bed together when the, when the switcheroo first happened. Uh, Cause it's from the doorway. Um, Kyle's making some gestures at me. What you, what well, you got? It, it's it, in a sense, it's like, so the one person stays there with the person they want to be with and the person leaves with the person they want to be with so the person that was stuck there that gets to leave basically just has to live as some like live as somebody like live as what somebody else wants so she's basically from like what, what i would believe is she is just going to live as what he wants and then elizabeth elizabeth moss prime is just going to stay in that guest house and she's going to stay with the guy that she wants. Like, this is what she wanted out of somebody. Does that make any sense? Yeah, but the the, the cycle is broken, though, because he's dead. Yeah. And was he dead? As, as it was mentioned. I thought he was just knocked he out. Looked, 
he he was bleeding from the ears, sir. <laughs> oh, I thought he was just knocked out. I didn't realize he, he was did. not moving. <laughs> like gotcha. I think he's dead. And uh, it's my understanding that you know if if there's supposed to be a switch, and like you said, if they're supposed to exist together with the person that they want to be with, she's just stuck there alone. Mm-hmm. Suck. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the nature of of the arrangement is never explicitly stated. Um, but whatever these beings are, it seems like Ted Danson facilitates their existence, or maybe it's just an endless cycle of of couples switching places with each other. That's what I'm getting at. Like this, this Elizabeth, or this uh, this Sophie was somebody else. It was somebody else, and like the only way you're going to get out is you have to placate to this other person. So you have to live out your life as the what this other person wants, basically. Gotcha. Well. I don't know what that means for the arrangement going forward. Sounds kind of fucky for uh, for Sophie Prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. But yeah, uh, we. I uh, I love the the nonverbal acting that uh, that Ethan Prime exhibits in the closing shot, where it's like he he catches he catches wind of what's going on when she mentions she's making bacon, and he just like has this look like, oh yeah. Well, (laughs) just roll with it. Yep, he just takes a minute and he's like, "Yeah, let's just put that in a box under the bed." Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. Um, and yeah, then we get our credits, and uh, that was the one I love from 2014, directed by Charlie Nepotism, aka Charlie McDowell. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was uh, it was a fun one. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, this was this was a very solid start to the month of Moss. Mm-hmm. Um, this was, aside from us, this was the first movie I'd seen her in, and uh, she didn't really have a huge part in that film, so this was kind of my introduction to her in Ernst, and kind yeah, of, uh, mightily impressive, especially when you consider how much improvised dialogue there was in this. Uh, and also, it kind of ends like a spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert, indeed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, this is a, a five-week month, mm-hmm. uh, so we're going to be getting a lot of Elizabeth Moss, and hopefully uh, we'll get to see uh, her in a wide variety of roles. Uh, I know she has an extensive toolkit as an actor. She seems to have a knack for playing like subtly bitchy, mm-hmm. um, and explicitly bitchy as well, but yes. in this, we got to see her be very, almost like saccharine at times, but then like very dark and mysterious so very i'm very intrigued i bet she has a lot to offer as an actress so this will be this will be a really fun month I, I have a good feeling about it i can't wait to get to shirley that's the one i'm most excited for yeah kyle kyle has a couple of well he has pretty much the whole schedule planned out but yeah there's a couple of heavy hitters towards the end of this month mm-hmm. that uh, i think we're both looking forward to so yeah look forward to that dear listeners but uh, in the meantime, if you'd like to catch up on any of our other Catching Up on Cinema content, uh, you can find all of that collected on our website at catchinguponcinema.com. Uh, we also have a couple of social media accounts in the form of an Instagram at catchinguponcinema, as well as a Twitter at catchingcinema. So feel free to hit me up at either of those. And the podcast is available on pretty much any platform you can imagine, including Cephalopod. So fucking Google it. Google it. With that being said, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Spawn of McDowell. McDowell. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I could see, I could see him referring to his his son as Spawn. Yeah. <laughs> Come to me, Spawn.
son. Charlie, are you doing that movie at your stepfather's? 